the, the, the games are over, but the game never stops. Never stops. This is College Football Overtime with Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. Welcome into College Football Overtime. My name is Garrett Chapman. His name is Abe Gordon. We got a lot to cover because the offseason doesn't exist in college football. The news continues to roll. And uh, as you'll see today, we have plenty to talk about. We got a lot of fun to get into. Caden Proctor and Caleb Downs. Two of the biggest names in the transfer portal from the University of Alabama. They made their decisions. We've got a head coach who just won a national championship, but is completely unsure of where he's going to be coaching football next year. Plus, we got to get into some other decisions. Gage, uh, the son of uh, a WWE superstar, makes his decision. And Bill O'Brien has a new home. Plus, we have a tight end who's doing something a little wacky that we need to discuss. But before we do any of that, Abe Gordon, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Garrett. Yeah, a lot of interesting news coming through. Uh, some portal stuff we're still waiting on. Some we got news on. And then uh, just other sorts of shenanigans. It's been a pretty entertaining week in the uh, college football storyline. Absolutely. So let's start here. Caden Proctor and Caleb Downs, uh, two extremely talented players, two, two extremely talented freshmen who have three years of eligibility remaining. Caden Proctor, of course, going back home. Um, he's from Des Moines, Iowa. And now he's going to go play for his home state team, the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think this is a, a big deal for Iowa. This is a team that needs some dudes on offense. And I understand that Caden Proctor struggled a little bit when he was in the, his first year. But I think that this could be a really good thing for Iowa. They, they need some good things to happen. Um, but I know he made some comments that were a little bit, I don't know, they, they kind of sounded like it was tampering. Uh, and I know Alabama fans are all upset about that, but I think Alabama fans are, are more in their feelings just in general than anything else. Yeah, the, the, well, let's start with the comments first, because when I read them, I took it more as him referencing the fan base as opposed to the actual staff um, at Iowa. So, uh, I, I, you know, maybe maybe the initial reaction was he's talking yeah. about coaches sending messages of encouragement, stuff like that. I took it more as a fan base who didn't burn bridges. Because mm-hmm. um, we've seen that, especially in today's day and age on social media. If you pick a school and the fan base of the school you spurn, I, I mean, look, we'll get to Caleb's down in a moment. He ends up going to Ohio State. I, I guarantee you there's Georgia people in his mentions, like, that's a stupid decision. What are oh, there you are. doing? I mean, so so it, it's kind of like that. Um, it, 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 it almost refreshing for Proctor to feel like, he could return to Iowa, that there would be welcoming him back with open arms sort of thing. So uh, a little bit of a different swing, a little bit from some of the vitriol and the toxic environment that social media is in in today's day and age. But um, on the football field side of things, this is important. Uh, As you mentioned, this is an Iowa team that has really struggled on offense. And to get a guy, uh, a beast, uh, uh, if if things go as planned, a future – NFL talent in there uh, to ho- hopefully solidify a little bit along that line. Um, th- that's a big move for for an offense that's still trying to figure out what it can do, who it can be, um, and and he is uh, he is certainly one to watch. Uh, at his size, as mm-hmm. long as he continues to develop the technique, build on his strength and explosion, um, I don't think anyone would be surprised if we end up hearing Caden Proctor's names called in in the first round in in two years. Yeah, I mean, he was the number 10 overall player, I, I believe, or, or something around there. He was a top player, five-star recruit. And, hey, look, he was committed to Iowa for his entire process, just about up until December uh, 2022. And then he switched 
last minute to go to Alabama. So it, it's not all that surprising that he already has those relationships at Alabama or excuse me, at, at Iowa. Yeah. And, and look, the, the guy you committed to go play for is not there anymore. So it is what it is. And he's going home. Uh, but speaking of that, one person who a lot of people thought was going to go home, including every insider that was around, uh, if anybody followed the Caleb Downs decision, everybody thought that he was going to be playing in Athens. He was going to be a Georgia Bulldog. He was going to be coming home to play for his home state. But instead, he surprises a lot of people. And now he's going to go play for the Buckeyes. And, and Abe, I don't know if you've been looking at, at how talented that, that Ohio State defense is. They had one of the best defenses in college football last year. I know. A lot of people, when they think of Ohio State, they think of outlandish quarterback play. They think of dynamic wide receivers, strong offense that's going to put up 40 points per game. Well, the defense, it is a defense-led team now. And Jim Knowles just got a slam dunk of a safety in Caleb Downs. He was the best player in college football of any freshman that was playing the game. And look, the dude was the first Alabama freshman to lead Alabama in tackles in like 50 years or something he had 107 total tackles and he's a safety he's like the dude is all over the field he can play in coverage really effectively i watched him play in high school uh for sports radio 92 not the game i do the high school scoreboard show and i am on the field all the time and watching these high school players play and i went to go watch caleb downs not specifically caleb downs but mill creek play but they were a really good team don't get me wrong they won the state championship that year his senior year. But when you're on the football field and you watch somebody play or you watch a team play and then there's just that one guy who stands out and it's like, oh boy, that guy, that guy's playing on Sundays. That was Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs is on the short list of some of the best high school football players that I have seen on a football field. Like this guy is everywhere. He had two interceptions, I think, in that game and he had like 17 tackles. He was everywhere. And he is going to be a freak of nature for an already very strong Ohio State defense. I think this is a slam dunk for Ryan Day. Yeah, Caleb Downs is the the football version of uh, of essentially a, a baseball player. When you hear it off the bat, you're like, oh, that's a different sound. Yeah. It, it's like that on the football field. They move differently. They hit differently. They think differently. Um, th- this guy is a future, uh, another uh, future first-round pick. Uh, as long as he stays healthy and continues to develop in his own right. You know, I'm not too surprised at, at this one. Uh, it, it was Ohio State and Georgia. Anywhere other than those two, I would have been severely surprised. Um, you know, maybe some questions about, like, how much playtime he'd get at Georgia. It's an absolutely loaded secondary. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I know Ohio State is kind of more on the front end of things on that defense. Uh, they got some guys that were going to – you thought maybe would go pro that are coming back defensive, offensive too for them. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, this is the world. It, it might have been an NIL offer that made the difference. It, it may have been a promise of play time. I, I mean, who knows what the decision really came down to. But, uh, I mean, you mentioned it. Ohio State is getting a heck of a player. Um, and for a team that's in the position that they are in heading into next year, um, who knows if that's what makes the difference between – um, you know, Ryan Day beating Michigan or, or losing to Michigan. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly, Ohio State is is gearing up alongside of Georgia. Those those are the two best teams in America to me. Yeah. Uh, and I know that we're going to get into that discussion right here on college football over time. As the offseason progresses, we're going to have that conversation probably multiple times because 
Uh, we're not going to have a full picture until after signing day is done and this 30-day window closes on Alabama and the, the, the just the uh, exodus of talent from the Alabama football program comes to a complete halt. Um, but we won't know until the end of that 30-day window. And then again, of course, we'll, we'll hop into the spring window and Alabama is going to have a chance to, to actually bring in talent. Uh, just sort of an unfair situation that Alabama is in right now. But it's the state of college football and it is what it is. But I do want to move into something that's going on up with our defending national champions. The Michigan Wolverines, of course, are in the midst of some NCAA investigations that I'm not going to say they tainted what they won, um, but they kind of did just a little bit. Uh, You have a head coach who was suspended for six games, and now he might not be coaching in any next year because he is interested in the NFL. Uh, The Chargers apparently have been deep into conversations with him. I, I, I think they've, and then you have the Atlanta Falcons who are in the midst of going for their second interview with Jim Harbaugh. Of course, he had tons of success at the next level. Uh, but Michigan, he had like Michigan wants him back. They say, Hey, you just won a national championship. It was our first in 20 years. And we want you to be coaching for us on the sidelines on Saturdays. And he had a very interesting stipulation. Abe, do you want to go into what it was? Yeah, I mean, he's essentially asking for full-scale protection um, from any of the NCAA investigations. Uh, he wants that in-wording in a revised contract. And um, it certainly makes you wonder what what he does or doesn't know, what he's admitted to, stuff like that. Um, but but you're essentially giving him carte blanche to, to do whatever he would like. Um, it, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because... Mm-hmm. He's not taking a step back monetarily by going to the NFL. Um, so, so you really got to try and figure out what drives him. I mean, he's king of the castle there at Michigan, um, especially now that they've won this championship. Yep. Uh, I mean, you, you know, we've talked about guys in recent. Nick Saban was one. Kirby Smart, like the, the literal untouchable, unfireable guys. And he's an interesting case, right? Because he's a legend there. He, he, he's brought this team back to a, a top five annual uh, scenario. He's got you a title now, but he's also got this scandal on the other side uh, yeah. hovering over it. I, I, I just don't know. So, like, ultimately, I believe he actually wants to stay at Michigan, but I think he wants these assurances. And I, I ultimately, I don't know if he's actually going to get this um, from from the, the athletics department there at Michigan. Yeah. It, it, it's... It's such a heavy ask, not knowing where um, these things could unravel to. Uh, I, I mean, you're not going to be paying him 15 mil a year or whatever the contract would deem if you get like something that amounts to a 10 year death penalty or, or something like that. So uh, it, there's got to be some protections for the school. I understand why Harbaugh would ask. I understand also why if he doesn't get them with the openings that he has in the NFL, with the history that he has in the NFL. Mm-hmm why that would be a kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card for him um, in terms of staying at the highest level of football coaching um, but leaving some of this drama uh, behind as well. Yeah, and it's it's been a tumultuous ride for him this last year. I mean, of course, you have the recruiting violations, Cheeseburger Gate that started this season, and, and I, honestly, I think a lot of that was a little blown out of proportion. Uh not the point. The point is he took a three-game suspension and he sat out and Sharon Moore coached his team to, to three wins. And then 
Uh, of course, you have the sign stealing and everything else that 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 is just blown out of proportion. I think it it's just exploded. Um, and again, Sharon Moore coached up Michigan in their three next three games, and I, I just think it's been it's been very complicated for them this season. They've they've kind of vilified themselves to some degree, but Jim Harbaugh is right there at the center of it. So I think it's very interesting that he's asking for these stipulations in his contract he's already going to be an extremely high paid coach wherever he goes i mean if he like the rumors mill is saying that he's going to make what 80 90 million dollars or something as a head coach by by going to the chargers uh that wouldn't surprise me it's not official yet of course because nothing can be official until next week in the nfl but i mean he's also going to be paid 12 million dollars to coach the michigan wolverines next year so it's money's not the object it's it's just I think it's optics more than anything. He doesn't want to be fired for something that he views is, is not something he was in control of. Um, so I understand that, but at the same time, it's, it's a weird ask and it's something that I don't think that he's going to get, but as far as the future of the Michigan program, I think it's pretty clear. Offensive coordinator Sharon Moore is, is the shoe in candidate. Um, so if I'm Michigan, I'm not terribly worried or upset uh, about where Michigan's going to be going next year. You have, a guy who's effectively groomed for the situation. He's ready to go. Um, you saw that this season as an in-game manager, he's six and oh. So good for him. I don't know if that was just the talent on the field or, or whatever, but <laughs> he won those games and uh, he had a lot to do with it. Um, but I think it's very interesting. It's something that we're going to be following. Of course, the NFL level is it's very interesting on that side because he has a very successful NFL tenure. And I think that if he does go to the Chargers or the Falcons or wherever he goes, I think he's going to find success because you know what? He's a great coach and great coaches win and great coaches uh, get big job opportunities. And that's what, ha that's what's happening for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, moving into Gage Goldberg. We have a WWE superstar, Bill Goldberg, his son. He just committed to go play for Deion Sanders at Colorado. The show, the showbiz, I think of this is, pretty readily apparent. I mean, if you want to go hit showbiz, there's no better place to go than Boulder, Colorado to go play for Deion Sanders. He is uh, as big as it gets um, when it comes to the big stage in college football right now. Uh, he, of course, he was originally committed to Alabama, but when Nick Saban announced his retirement, he decided that he was going to flip on over. Um, he was going to be a, a walk-on, but of, of course, the, the story here is, you know, Bill Goldberg. Yeah, I, like you said, he was going to be a preferred walk-on once Saban um, decided to step down. Uh, Gage Goldberg decided to reconsider. But the other uh, tie-in here is you got to remember, Bill Goldberg uh, and Dion played on the Falcons together. So there is an existing relationship between those two. Um, I'm not going to say they're best friends, but certainly they're, they're, they are cohorts and friends to some extent. Um, and, and, and look, this is not just a favor. Um, there are a lot of guys at Alabama under Nick Saban that were walk-ons that could be very good players. Um, and, and Goldberg, um, the younger Goldberg, was a first-team player, first-team all-district player uh, in the state of Texas. So he's got some talent, six-foot linebacker, uh, tipping the scales a little bit above uh, 200 pounds. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It, it, it'll be a fun ride, though. Um, and, look, anytime that you can tell me that Bill Goldberg might be giving a pregame speech to the Colorado Buffaloes anytime he's in the Buffs locker room banging his head against the locker like he used to do so many years ago. 
like, yeah, I'm probably in. So I'm, I'm interested to see, but um, yeah, just a cool story. And then, uh, you know, just another reason to feel old is, um, you know, the, the, the son of a wrestler that we grew up watching is, is now grown up himself and playing college football. So that's, that's a little late yikes on my end, but that's all right. No, but he's, he's a little undersized for the position, six foot, 215 yeah. pounds. I mean, it's, um, uh, we'll see, we'll see. I think it's a fun story. It's just something that's going on. And um, I mean, you know that a lot of these football players were, are, I mean, the, excuse me, the, a lot of these wrestlers are, they're great athletes. They're really good athletes. Yeah. So many of them played college or even professional football, like Bill Goldberg did. did and uh, I think that that's generally a good sign. And um, he was first team all district in Texas. Yeah. So he's a good football player. And I think that he probably had a number of different offers. I mean, like, I'll take a look here. Um, I mean, let me take a look. He, I mean, it's Gage Goldberg. Let me see. He went to Champion, Texas. Going to oh, well, he probably had a bunch of different offers. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm not seeing it right here, but uh, but he's of course going to go play over at Colorado. Um, did you have any anything else you wanted to say about this one? No, I, I mean it's just an interesting move from Dion as well. He does not have that many people in the 2024 recruiting class. Obviously, they focused on transfers. Uh, yeah. more often than not uh, over the past two years. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, look, I'm not expecting Gage Goldberg to come in and be a star and lead the team in tackles, but it should be a nice depth piece um, for Colorado. We know about the concerns they had with depth in various places, specifically. I, I know Gage won't help here, but specifically along the offensive line, stuff like that. So they're, they're still building a program out there. So um, it is a benefit sometimes to, to pull in a guy like him who, who was offered, I, was scholarship or not, Nick Saban says, this guy's good enough to be on my team, deserves a spot. Um, so so take that for what it's worth and ride with it. Yeah, and preferred walk-ons, I mean, at the end of the day, like these guys, Stetson Bennett was a preferred walk-on, and he comes in and does a lot of things. Baker Mayfield was a preferred walk-on. Well, you've JJ, also got a situation JJ where Watt was a preferred, preferred walk-ons walk sometimes mean different things. A, a lot mm -hmm. of times you'll talk with the parents and say, look, your kid's good enough. We'd like to use the scholarship for another player. He's good enough, though. You guys have enough of this money to, to deal. We'll hook up a couple NIL deals to help out. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't always mean that you're not good enough to be a scholarship player. Sometimes you have uh, – look, whether people believe it or not, you do have a limited amount of scholarships 85. on a football team. And, and yep. sometimes if a guy doesn't necessarily need the scholarship because of other life situations – Maybe you hold that back and give it to someone who does. Maybe there's an opportunity in the next year or two to be given a scholarship, stuff like that. So just because you're technically a walk-on or preferred walk-on does not mean that you're not going to have input on that team and, and you're not a talented player. Another big decision here, Bill O'Brien, former Alabama offensive coordinator, former New England Patriot offensive coordinator, former uh, Texans head coach. Dude has been everywhere. Penn State head coach. He's going back to the Big Ten. Uh, Bill O'Brien's going to go be the offensive coordinator for Ryan Day at Ohio State. I, I think this is a big deal for a couple of different reasons. I, I think Brian Hartline was a name that I floated to you about as a, a potential head coach for uh, Washington. He's a great offensive mind. He's a great recruiter. Brian Hartline had a lot to do with a lot of the success that Ohio State's had on offense. He's going to step into a co-offensive coordinator role and – Ryan Day, who had been calling plays, is officially going to step back, and Bill O'Brien is going to come in and call plays. This is a big deal because Ryan Day, 
of course, is known for his high-flying offenses. He's known for being very successful. But he's also known for not finishing the job and getting it completely done. And now he's going to step back into an official CEO role. And I think that's good for him. I think it's very interesting for Ohio State. Yeah, I agree with you. A couple of things strike me. Um, There are a lot of coaches across college football, even in the NFL, by the way, for that matter, Mm -hmm. who refuse to adapt and refuse to change. Um, And this is just an example of Ryan Day um, maybe coming to terms with something that's not working in his program um, and making that change, taking that leap, letting other people pick up some of the slack, pick up some of the duties. So uh, it is interesting from that perspective. Um, that in a year where he's probably headed towards a hot seat, if they don't win certain games, um, they are making a big change. But to me, it's also about um, championship culture. Uh, and I know Bill O'Brien doesn't have any actual championships, um, but he's been around greatness. Um, he's been with Belichick and the Patriots. He's been with Nick Saban in Alabama. Um, you know, hopefully for Ohio State's uh purpose he wasn't the reason they didn't win titles when he was with those teams but um you know I I think he does know what it takes to win on that level uh even though he doesn't have a ring himself Mm um and it also might be a benefit to Heartline It, it it might also be something like look here's a guy that's done it at the highest levels um learn from him what you can over the next year or two because you're ready and you're this, you're that. It, it, it almost may serve as a mentor for Heartline because I agree with you. He, he's a big time up and comer, um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a head coach job in the next um, year or two, uh, even if he doesn't get to a spot where he's calling plays uh, for the Buckeyes and he's their solo offensive coordinator. There, there's definitely a world where he takes that big of a leap, anyway. So uh, for Heartline, it's an opportunity to learn from a guy who's been a OC at the highest level but also a head coach as well. Yeah, I mean, and look, Bill O'Brien catches a lot of heat. He's another one of those guys who you get frustrated when he doesn't get a first down on every play. And, like, he's one of those guys. He reminds me a lot of Mike Bobo at Georgia. Um, I'm specifically talking about what he did at Alabama. He led – he had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. He played – he led his team to a national championship. He's a really good – play caller he had two top 10 national finishes and an average more than 470 yards per game in both seasons at alabama and people are calling for his head they're, they're saying that he was like, oh he's doing that no it's because they weren't the the number one offense in the country it's because they weren't doing it's it's ridiculous he's a he's a very good play caller he's a good recruiter he's somebody who who knows college football inside and out he's coached at the next level and I mean, look, he can take the heat. It's a good hire for Ryan Day. Um, look, I think it screams where Ryan Day is right now as a head coach. I think he sees the writing on the wall. He's feeling some of the heat, and that's why he's making this decision. He's bringing in somebody else who – I'm not I'm not going to say he can scapegoat Bill O'Brien, but it's somebody else who he can spread responsibility out with. And – I, th- I think ultimately this is a good hire because Bill O'Brien's a good coach. He's a good coach. And I know a lot of people took to Twitter to, to kind of trash Ohio State for, for this decision. I think they should really be trashing Ohio State for the other decision that they made this week in hiring Ross Bjork 
And we talked about that on Monday or excuse yeah. me, on, on um, last Thursday. And look, lots of big decisions are coming from Ohio State. Lots of money is coming out from Ohio State. And I, I think that these are two aggressive moves, I guess you could say, that aren't necessarily the most sexy. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think this Ryan Day or Phil O'Brien is a good hire for Ryan Day. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with that. Well, and the other question, and, and this is just uh, a theory, um, you know, does hiring Bill O'Brien to to be the OC for Ohio State, does that help you get Julian Sayan on campus? Because uh, mm-hmm. Sayan has hit the portal. A lot of people are tying him into the Buckeyes. Uh, he might follow uh, fellow freshman Caleb Downs to Ohio State. So um, not saying it does or doesn't, but you do wonder if there is a side benefit of, having Bill O'Brien there might actually help you pull in Julian saying as well. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Nothing would surprise me. I think Ohio state's a really attractive location for many different reasons. And, and you've got Will Howard there and Will Howard, of course, is not a long-term solution at the quarterback position, but you have Aaron Nolan, who's coming in. He is the, uh, the four-star Langston Hughes quarterback. He's extremely talented. Um, he's a Southpaw, very athletic. Somebody who's going to come in and, and be a very interesting. He's, he's like a left-handed Justin Fields, um, but I think he's going to be very interesting in that offense. I, I think Sayan is also one of the best players in this last recruiting class. So I would be very surprised if they don't put in a phone call to him. Well, I would think Bill at. O'Brien had a heavy hand in recruiting him when he was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I know their timelines directly didn't overlap, but the recruiting timelines they would have had that for sure yeah they, they absolutely were going to have those conversations i mean it's absolutely something they were going to be doing but i mean it's i think ultimately at the end of the day i i don't know if that's something they want to do i think they're going to put their chips into aaron nolan and see where that goes um he's been committed to that program for well over a year and a half um so they clearly believe in him and what he can do so I'd be surprised if if they go a different direction, but you know what? It's it, this it's it's recruiting. So if somebody wants to to put their name in, so be it. Uh, but speaking of somebody who we talked about, Will Howard and how it's like he's not a long term solution. Uh, Abe, I don't know. Did you see this Miami tight end, Cam McCormick? Yeah, of course. Will Will Howard is is playing in what his fourth year or something? We're talking about him moving on to the next level or moving on just retiring from college football. Uh, maybe Cam McCormick should have gotten a memo on this. Ninth year of eligibility. Nine years. Nine years is a long, a long time for anything. For anything. But to play college football, dude, what are we doing? He's doing exactly what I would be doing if I didn't have a future in the NFL, which is enjoying <laughs> the ride. No, I'm just being honest. Like, I love it. No, you're just right. enjoying the ride. Like, he, he gets food taken care of. He gets a nice wardrobe. You know, he's getting hooked up with the kicks and all that. Um, you know, recently he might even be getting part of a small NIL deal. Like, I don't understand all the frustration and move on with your life. Um, I don't think anybody's frustrated. It, well, know. I mean, there, there's a lot of, like, move on with your life mentalities. Yeah. I'm like, screw that, man. Like, you, th- this is your one last opportunity, however many years it lasts, to like have fun before life gets too serious. Um, true. And, and so, no, I, I, I look, if I were in this position, look, he, first off, he deserves it after all the injuries that he's had to deal yeah. with over the, this doesn't nine years doesn't happen 
because you're just not good enough to go to the NFL, so you keep re-upping. No, he's had to go through a lot and fight back a lot. And it's not about whether he gets on the field and catches a game-winning touchdown. It's just finishing out something you started, which is to play four seasons for uh, the Hurricanes. And, and that's obviously been taken away from him. But, yeah, I, I mean, this is his last opportunity to kind of live a free life uh, for for before things get professional and things get serious, um, you know, so – no, I, like I, this is the same thing that I would be doing. I know you. We can, we can make all the memes and jokes and yeah. I know a lot of people who go to college for seven years. They are called doctors. And like yeah, we get all the jokes, sure. But like at the same time, I would be doing the exact same thing, man. I would be enjoying the last bit of of kind of self freedom that you have because once you hit the real world, things get different. So yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, I, yeah, college athlete. You kidding me? I keep yeah. re upping that every year, man. It, it's not exactly Johnny boy here. I mean, it's not a guy who's, who's just there for, for nine years because he's boozing and chilling. And right. I mean, if he is good for him, he's doing it in a great place down there in Miami, but it's been legal for him for a couple of years Ooh. now. So it is sure has. Um, but look, I mean, it's been a very interesting ride for McCormick. I mean, uh, looking at it here, he's, so he redshirted as a true freshman in 2016, caught his first passes from Justin Herbert, who is about to get his second contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. And he was in the recruiting class with Nick Bosa and Oliver, Rashawn Gary, Jalen Hurts. Of course, all of these guys have been in the league for a number of years now. Uh, but look, he was a true freshman in 2016. He redshirted, then played 13 games as reserve in 2017. So he didn't really play all that much. Then came the injuries that Abe was alluding to. Broke his leg in 2018, and then there were complications with the broken leg that cost him both 2019 and 2020. Then he had a foot injury in the during the 2021 season, and that got him a six-year eligibility granted in 2019, and then had another added when the NCAA added an extra season for all FBS players. And by 2022, he played his first full season. He appeared in 19, uh, 13 games. And he had six different starts and he won the courage award from the football writers association for his perseverance. And that was when he was granted his eighth and ninth seasons of eligibility ahead of 2023 before he transferred to Miami, where he was reunited with Mario Cristobal who coached him over at Oregon. And look at the end of the day, I loved college. College was the, some of the best years of my life. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's a great time. It's like you said, it's a free time. It's a place to, you know, be a young adult for the last time before you're out in college and being an, you know, a proper adult, you know, us millennials call it adulting and he's not exactly there yet, but with name, image and likeness and all the funding that you're able to get now, it's, it's not like he's really costing himself all that much. Uh, Cause you can go back and get, make a, a decent amount of money. And I'm sure with, with all the stuff that's going on with him getting his ninth season of eligibility and his name circulating, you know he's getting some money based off of that. So good for him. Good for him at the end of the day. I think it's it's a lot of fun. And, it, like, look, you, college football is a beautiful thing, and I, I love college football. And he wants to play college football again, so be it. I am mildly interested in what level of education he has now. Like, the deg- like specifically, like, I know Curious. everyone jokes, but I, I do wonder what degrees he has, if he's double majored or if he's going after a graduate's degree or a doctorate. Like, like. I, I hope it's not like he's finally finishing up his bachelor's after nine years. Ah, uh, yeah, that's different. I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining he actually has uh, gotten some good education as well. So oh, he went um, to two good schools, man. Yeah, he went to two very good schools for yeah. free. 
So it's like ultimately at the end of the day, dude, you would, you spent nine years in college and you have zero dollars in debt. Good for you, man. Like he probably I have a friend. I have a friend who does this. His name's Cody. He um this dude has like six like five or six bachelor's degrees. Just because I, I he would just be like, oh, I'm a couple credits away from this, and then you just go grab another one. And he's like, I'm interested in this. So he went and go grab another one. Which good for him. <laughs> it's like I feel like McCormick's going to be in that situation. He's probably ha- he probably has like three bachelor's degrees, and like maybe maybe a master's. The, the question is, did he pick up a language at one of these at some point in his career that he hadn't known before college, and now he's just completely fluent after however many years? Is Dude, I, I don't know, fluent? man. Or does he speak like seven languages at this point? <laughs> nine years? If you give me nine years in college, dude, I. Mm. I mean, I had my degree in four. I probably could have done it in three, but I slowed down. And I'm like, I don't want to graduate in three years. That's foolish. Why would anybody want to graduate in three years? <laughs> Anybody who's watching who's still in college, don't graduate in three years. It's not worth it. Go at least four, probably five. Spend your time in college and enjoy it. But <laughs> no, but at and the end of the day, it's like, nine. I don't know. Say what? And, or and or you can go nine. nine. <laughs> if you want to go nine, that's fine. Just know that at that point, make sure you're still on scholarship from the football team, though. Because as, as long as you are on scholarship, still do whatever the hell you that want. That student debt for nine years is going to be a backbreaker. Oh, brother! Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I'm I, I'm looking at debt from from four years, much less nine years. Of yeah, doubling that. Oh, brother! All right, Abe. Well, that's been a lot of fun. I know, I know we uh, we got a lot to get into here on the College Football Overtime Podcast. So you might as well subscribe and like and drop a comment below. Tell us what you think. Tell us if there's something that you want us to cover. Drop it down there. We're, we're going to be here with you all off-season long, and uh, I appreciate all of you for sticking along with us. For Abe Gordon, my name is Garrett Chapman. We are College Football Overtime. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again later this week.